Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. I don't know what the weather's like in your neck of the woods, but uh, in South Florida, at least in this part of South Florida, very foggy. And, uh, I mean, all over the place. Pea soup type of fog. <clears throat> We're here to do what we love to do. Um, I wasn't a radio talk show host for a long time. Uh, and Later in life, Nancy and I decided to do this show and we started, uh, it hasn't been 20 years, but close to 20 years ago, uh, a half hour show. And come to find out, we just love doing it. It's, uh, I hope you love it 10% as much as we do. I mean, Rick Kearney and Stu Stewart, everybody in the studio, Jonathan. Uh, this is fun. Uh, it's, uh, think about it. If you've never done anything like this, I guess you have to have the personality uh, that lends itself. But to go in on live radio, uh, you know how popular scary movies are? People love to be frightened, scream, and Halloween, and, and all that kind of stuff. Live radio is scary. Maybe that's why we like it. You come in and you just don't know. I mean, let's face it. We could really make total fools out of ourselves. In fact, we probably have. <laughs> and so it's scary, but we it's a, it's a challenge. And uh, I think all of us probably have a little bit more of the competitive spirit. So I just want you to know, I hope you have fun. Uh, this isn't all about teaching you uh, when to buy a car, how to buy a car, or lease a car, maintain and repair. It's fun. And... Uh, I feel a little guilty about laughing at the mystery shopping reports, uh, but we've been doing it for so long, we've seen so many different ways that the dealers are taking advantage of, of you. And uh, I have to say, when I say that, that we've seen some good dealers out there. And maybe I'm an optimist, call me a cockeyed optimist, but I see things getting a little bit better in the way the car dealers are dressing uh, the sale and leasing of cars and the repairing of cars. So, um, if you're a youngster, I don't think we have a whole lot of youngsters out there, but, you know, if you're a teenager or something, I think the good news is, uh, by the time you get up to, you know, maybe 25, 30 years of age and you're buying cars, uh, I think the experience is going to be a whole lot, I promise you it's going to be different, and I hope and I think it will be a whole lot better. So, uh, let me, uh, let me uh, start by going around the, the horn here and uh, talking about uh, our, our folks that are in the studio. Uh, uh, the, the gentleman on my right who just came up and turned on the, the live feed on my Facebook. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Rick. I've been sitting here talking to a, a camera that wasn't on. Well, that, that, that's actually just recording oh, just an extra oh, video oh, source. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you've seen my beautiful face from the get-go, if you're on Facebook. Uh, 
Rick, uh, and I, uh, Nancy's going to talk about my blog this week, having to do with maintaining and repairing your cars. And Rick is the guy that probably ought to get the most calls this this two hours. I almost said this hour. We're on we're on radio for two hours. Wow. And uh, it's a terrible time to buy or lease a car. Okay. We recognize a lot of you out there have to have a car, and some of you just flat want a car. And uh, I'm going to shut up because we got a car, a call, and we prioritize our phone calls. And Nancy is scribbling a bunch of stuff. We got Good three morning, phone everyone. calls. And there she is, Nancy Stewart. Good morning, everyone. Boy, do we have a fantastic show ahead, as Earl was uh, starting to tell uh, everyone. And uh, we have some calls backed up. We want to get right to them. Uh, we're going to go to our, uh, excuse me for a moment, let me mention here, $50 for the first two female callers. The first two new female callers $50 and guess what we have Pam calling from Martin County and she is a first-time caller we want to welcome her to the show good morning Pam hi good morning good morning uh, very well thank you uh, thank you thank you for, thank you thank you for joining us this morning you've don't won yourself $50 and uh, if you leave your contact yeah. information uh, with uh, Elise uh, Roberts uh, in the control room. I'll be able to get that out to you. Um, you have Great, a couple you. of questions about dealer recommendations? I do. <clears throat> I have a, um, oh, I get a 2018 Acura, um, and it's, uh, I just want to know if I needed to get, if it was necessary that I get a synthetic oil or not. Well, I if think Rick can answer know, that for you. Uh, okay. 2018 is probably going to be synthetic, but you'll want to check either the owner's manual or just open the hood and take a look on the oil cap, and it will tell you whether it should be synthetic oil or not. Yeah, 99% sure it is, Pam. Yeah. You can just you can pretty much count on that. 2018, Excuse me. Uh, none of the current model cars now are, are recommending uh, fossil oil. It's usually synthetic. Okay, and can you tell me about what an average uh, ballpark figure I'll be paying for, for an oil change of I synthetic? A, I suggest take it to an independent or a Honda dealer instead of the Acura dealer, because it's going to be a lot more with the Acura dealer. Um, typically, a synthetic oil change probably around 60 to $80, depending on the size of the engine. Yep. And um, But that could vary greatly if you're going to a luxury brand dealership to get it done, or you're going to um, a little, little old Honda dealership. Okay. All right. Okay, well, um, all right, and is there anything else I need to do when I do an oil change, simply an oil change? Yeah, Pam, uh, yeah, we, we, Stu was absolutely correct. A Honda dealer is going to be less money than an Acura dealer, and this goes for all the luxury cars versus their, you know, the lower price spread. You know, you go to a Cadillac dealer, you're paying more for an oil change than you do a Chevrolet dealer. So if you have a Chevrolet or a Cadillac, you take it to the Chevrolet dealer, save a lot of money, which will save even more money if you find just a good independent mechanic or some of these uh, uh, fast loop uh, companies, you don't find one that's honest, uh, got a good Google rating, uh, maybe some referral and people that you know go there, but oil change is pretty basic. You just want to have some expertise. Uh, you don't want to have a, somebody that's never changed your oil before and a reliability, but if you can find the right, you can, you can save a huge amount of money on oil changes on your car just by finding a reliable person doesn't have to be a dealer that can uh, change your oil and be honest with you. 
And uh, one last thing, Pam. Okay. Um, just get locate your recommended maintenance guide, and if you don't have a copy of that, find it online by just searching you know, the maintenance schedule for your 2018 Acura. And then only do what's required on that maintenance schedule, because no matter where you go, whether it's an independent or a Honda dealer or an Acura dealer, um, there's going to be an attempt to upsell you on services that you, you might not need. Um, so uh, best thing to do is look at the guide and, 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 and only do that. Now, if there's something wrong with your car, um, that's a different story. But on maintenance, only do what, the, what, what Acura tells you to do. Okay. Good, good. Great advice. Thank you. You got I it. I appreciate both of y'all's input. Pam. All right. Well, great. Pam, it's always important for you to get three different prices and to be prepared whenever you go out there. And it sounds like as if that you are an educated consumer, uh, but still uh, there is that uh, moment whenever you can be taken advantage of, even with an oil change. Uh, so as Stu said about your uh, uh, manual, going to the internet, looking all that up, and what Rick said, uh, you can't go wrong. Please give us a call again and let us know uh, just exactly how things went as far as that's concerned. Okay, great. Thank you. You make me feel so uh, so much better about this. Oh, I'm so, so happy. It's, it's great to be reassured before you go out there. I'm glad we could help you. Have a wonderful day, and thank you again. Thank you. All right. uh, okay, we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go to okay. John in uh, Palm City. And John is a, a regular caller. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Electronics is on my mind. In 2019, a Gary Gilpin from California, he leased a brand new Subaru Outback. Six months later, the screens went completely blank, dead. He bought it into the Subaru dealer, and it took one month to fix the problem. He was disturbed to no end. He filed a class action suit with other people, and in 2020, Subaru settled for $8 million, didn't recognize any uh, negligence or anything, but they did settle a class action. Then it started actually the same year with Ford, the touchscreen system at Ford. Ford had a major problem with it, didn't admit any um, wrongdoing, but Ford settled at that time for $17 million. And it continues. In 2021, Honda had a problem with the Acura. Okay, same way. Uh, electronic equipment, the class action suit was, uh, people said that it was danger involved, it was a safety issue, and Honda, through Acura division, settled for $30 million. Um, this is a problem, and basically the dealers can't fix this. Uh, it uses, as Rick would probably say, knowing it and, and don't expect anybody at the dealership to know this electronics. It uses the Apple CarPlay or Google's Android system. Except Tesla, smart enough people, they use their own in-house system and they have none of these problems because they text and, and contact you through directly. So um, it's a major problem and dealerships don't have anybody in the dealership and you can't blame them for it to fix the electronic problem. But one other thing about Tesla, Tesla's smart enough, uh, they're smart enough to, in, prior to 2018, they didn't use this, their in-house system. So the government made them recall 100,000 S's and X Teslas on a recall, and they called the car in to repair them. But uh, they 
they were smart enough after 2018 to use their own house. So congratulations again, Tesla, one step ahead of all of them. I don't know before I want to like dump on Tesla, but I can say that it hasn't been completely rosy, and I've had some electronic issues. I have a current electronic issue with the Tesla Model S I'm driving. As a matter of fact, where it's powered, it's conked out and died, and I'm getting an error warning. So the only way you can get service on the Tesla is you use the app. So I set an appointment on the app. It's for March 9th, so that's in a couple of weeks, and I try to contact them. Is there any way? There's no way to get it in sooner, and the thing is literally dying on me periodically. So I'm a, I'm a little down on Tesla this morning. <laughs> I don't blame you, but yeah. they seem to be ahead of the pack by not using these regular systems that the others use. So uh, yeah. I congratulate them on that. They don't use the Google Android or the Apple CarPlay. But I just thought I'd mention this because it's frustrating. And even an expert like Rick, who's top mechanic, you can't <coughs> expect them to go to electronic school and to learn these electronics. I mean, it's like unbelievable. Uh, somebody like Rick, who's honored with the rating that he was given from Toyota recently, yeah. I, they, they possibly cannot, you know, learn this electronics completely. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's for an outside source. But 99% of the time, you just have to unplug it and plug it back in, and then... Oh, okay. Well, I'm <laughs> just joking. That's what I do. <laughs> Actually, well, John... Another thing so I want to mention, too. We know about the shortages of new car. Well, if anybody's waiting for a brand new Porsche, they are really in trouble hmm. because not only the new Porsches, but a ship that left Germany with oh, yeah. Porsches and <laughs> 1,100 luxury cars went on fire. Yeah. But thank God they saved the 22 crew members, but it was still burning as of Friday. It's just drifting so around in the Atlantic, Porsches right? And luxury automobiles. <laughs> that was an amazing story, John. So, so you're going to have an extra weight for a Porsche. It's, it's not going to wash up on the beach over around here, is it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It happened shortly after it left Germany. So, but thank God the whole crew, twenty-two members, were saved. Yeah, they so they didn't get hurt. Wash up and smoke. Jo uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, John, it's always a pleasure speaking to you, and you uh, have, take a a priority as far as your phone call is concerned. You always have so much information to share with us. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And I'm glad to see this morning, boy, somebody else from the town that I live in Palm City, and it's a female caller, and boy, they're surely listening now, which is great. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much for that, John. I appreciate it. Uh, give us a call again. And as far as the female callers are concerned, we certainly are building a platform here at Earl Stewart on Cars because they are important, and we recognize that week in and week out, and we are changing the attitude of the female buyer lease person, service person, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you can Thank text you. us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, Earl worked very hard to put this out there to help you, the consumer, and that is www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers.com. Take a look at that, and it is a column, and it is at Earl on cars and you can take a look leaf through it and it will help you maneuver your way around this minefield especially these last three years that have been so volatile back to the recovering car dealer yeah speaking of john's issue of uh problems so he's speaking about the subaru uh this week's automotive news had a uh, uh, interesting article uh, from jd power 
reliability study. I'll hold this up uh, for the camera. Uh, most of you don't subscribe to Automotive News. That's a trade journal, but every manufacturer and every car dealer in the world reads this thing. It's a weekly, and uh, you've all heard of J.D. Power. It's not my favorite source of, of information, but they're reliable, they're honest. I don't like them because they sell their uh, analysis and their surveys to the manufacturers in order to advertise their product, and that's the reason I prefer Consumer Reports. But there's some interesting thing in this J.D. Power recent survey of new cars. And the J.D. JD Power survey finds the incidence of issues in the first three years of ownership and they per 100 cars. So they have, uh, and by the way, Tesla it doesn't appear in the report because of the, their volume of sales. But uh, uh, they have uh, most of the other manu manufacturers. And there's a real shocker here. Uh, I bet you can't guess, I bet nobody can guess, uh, who the uh, number one, the best uh, car manufacturer, car and manufacturer, in terms of reliability in the first three years. It was a shocker to me. Uh, Kia? Yeah, yeah, you, you, got, you cheated. But that's okay. You, know, you held it up to the camera. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, So I at least know. he admitted he cheated. Sorry, so, you just you <laughs> right there. But you do see a whole lot more Kias on the road, and they are, well, as you said, and number then, one, and J.D. Course, Power. And, of course, uh, John from Palm City was talking about Subaru. They appear well down on the list, and if the person that bought that Subaru had checked his report, uh, he or she would have known the Subaru uh, has 226 uh, instances, 226 instances in uh, the first uh, uh, three years of ownership, and that's a lot of calling the dealer and calling the manufacturer. Uh, so uh, the, it's about twice as many as Kia, with 145, and uh, uh, the brand ranking uh, uh, is uh, pretty low for Subaru. Uh, just, uh, just for your edification here, it's interesting, uh, not, not a surprise to me, but uh, I'm not going to hold it up because Rick will cheat and look at the camera again, <laughs> but guess which, which manufacturer, which model <laughs> He's got is, his eyes covered. <laughs> is last, the worst, 284 uh, ranking in brand ranking. Can I guess? Sure. Alfa Romeo. No. Fiat. No. Range Rover. Ah, no. You're close, though. I'll give the prize to you. Land Rover. Oh. Oh, that's, that, that's oh. yeah. Yeah. Land yeah. Rover. Uh, industry average is 192. And uh, if you're, I'll just read that quickly here. It's interesting. Uh, starting from the best to the worst. Kia, Buick, Hyundai, Genesis, Toyota, Lexus, Porsche, Dodge, Cadillac, Cadillac. I mean, Cadillac, Chevrolet, Mini, that's a surprise, higher than I thought, Mazda. Okay, we've got too many calls on hold. I'll stop reading, and Nancy will introduce our next caller. Yeah, we have a whole lot of information, so stay tuned. Uh, stay with us. We're here for two hours, and uh, Stu is uh, managing the uh, text uh, messages. Rick is taking care of YouTube, and uh, I'm taking the calls, so we have a whole lot to get to. Sorry for the speedy uh, voice of mine this morning, but we're really busy. We're going to go to Frank. Uh, before we go to Frank, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. 
We're going to go to Frank, who calls us uh, just about every week from Jupiter Farms. Good morning, Frank. Well, good morning to you all. Um, timely um, day for asking you some information. Real quick, while we were just talking about Subaru, I got to throw this out. Remember, they're a commercial, inexpensive, and built to stay that way, so obviously it's not quite right anymore. Well, it's still a good car, Frank. I, I, this is a surprise, and uh, as I said, J.D. Power is not my favorite source of information, but uh, uh, they're not perfect, obviously, but I think in, in general, Consumer Reports ranks them quite highly, and that's my Bible in terms of what, sh what I should buy. No. Well, here's our dilemma. Amory and I are looking for a new car. Oh, this boy. has been a real junk out there, all I know. It's not something that we need, it's something we want. So the nice part about that, when these dealers disappoint us, we just walk away. Um, unfortunately, now I've found a car that we actually like, and that dealer, if you what I can name him, yeah, what the heck, is uh, the Audi up in Stewart. Uh -huh. For years, they had no fees above, um, or no markup with this stuff going on above MSRP. As of last week, they went from no markups to 10000 oh, They said, well, oh it's negotiable, so oh. I'm not going to do that. But here's the thing that came into mind, and it's just like that other gentleman said. Are the cars, with the lack of today's equal way, the, the people are out there nowadays in this new dilemma era, do you think they are going to be reliable? Uh, because with electronics and stuff going on, um, for instance, we had um, a pool pump filter redone in at least. We had some a gate electromover, and they left it, you know, the hole open. Other things, it's like the detail, attention to details, doesn't seem to be there that was there five years ago, ten years ago. And we're just wondering, and I was in Costco last night, and the guy that helped me put some toilet paper in my cart, he's making $30 an hour, and he says when he works on the weekend, it's time and a half, so he's up to almost $50 an hour. I go, holy cow. Um... You know, the pay is up there, and I don't know. Actually, Costco is pretty good with the quality. Yeah. But um, we're just wondering about these cars with all this electronic stuff. I think, is Frank. Is it better just to hold up? No, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, we can tell. I, I promise you if we wanted to list uh, ongoing, you know, issues with cars, that mechanical and regular electronic problems would probably uh, dwarf, you know, electronic, you know, computer issues and things like that, just given the history. And... Um, um, it's the same thing what Earl says. He goes, you know, eventually these are going to be components in cars. we, we got to drive them. So you look to consumer reports and other sources of information. They point you in the direction that has the least problems and the most reliable. But um, it's kind of the way it's going. I mean, like, I, w I, mean, I, I love John I'm so, when he calls on the show, but I was, I was listening to him, like, you know, reciting different cars that, you know, went dead and inspired a lawsuit. And I think, think of how many mechanical issues inspired class action lawsuits. I mean, Rick, I know that there's a lot of electronic things, but there's also certainly a lot of like physical things that are just breaking. Mainly, you know, it's just it's funny you should mention that because uh, seven of the ten problems on the JD Power are technical. There, uh, uh, most of those are infotainment related. Uh, are so uh, uh, the mechanical problems are getting better and better. Yeah. It's the high tech problems. Well, it doesn't. And just uh, by the way, uh, Frank, it, it doesn't mean that they're unfixable. Audi, uh, Audi is ranked near the bottom. Uh, if you're interested in the JD Power survey. Uh, you'll have uh, 232 problems uh, w uh, with that on the average in the first uh, uh, three years of ownership. And uh, here's the interesting, too. The top luxury rank car, you'll never guess this. I'm looking at Ricky's looking over my shoulder. The top luxury rank car on the J.D. Power in terms of problems is the Genesis. Is that unbelievable? Oh, yes. 
Yeah. 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 So anyway, you want an Audi, and you, you, like you're saying, you shouldn't buy it. You know that, but you want it. You can afford it, and uh, you're treating yourself uh, to something you want. Do it. I mean, buy the Audi, and uh, and just good luck. You're going to pay all the money for it. That's uh, that's the way it is today. Yeah. Well, Amory has her Lexus since 2008. That comes uh, comes into your dealership all the time. Uh-huh. For um, service, well, not all the time. I mean, you know, sporadically. And Randy is just an excellent service advisor, and and so the other thing is, we can always go back to Orlando, where there is no dealer fees, and they'd take a thousand off for military. They take a thousand off for ownership. And I it's didn't like, know that. Five below MSRPs. Well, give me the name of the dealership. Uh, do you can you remember the name? Yeah, Lexus of Orlando. Oh, Lexus! Um, I thought you were had an Audi up there. Yeah, buy a Lexus. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. No. And the guy in the sales department, Josh, um, you know, like your son's name, has been excellent. I mean, it's just it's a it's a great dealership. Yeah. But Amory just doesn't like that huge front grill that looks like you know it's a whale shark trying to swallow a bunch of plug. <laughs> <laughs> Probably never heard that um, described quite that way. But anyway. I like so it. Let me let you go. I know there's other folks, so I'm going to go up there and 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 do a little fighting. I'm going to wear my hat. By the way, thank you for the hat. And um, and I'm, I'll give you a report next week. Um, if Love this it. is going to be good, bad, or indifferent. Love to hear it. Thank you. Okay. You Thank guys you, have a great weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. We love hearing from you, and I look forward to hearing from you next Saturday with all that information. Uh, again, folks, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget your anonymous feedback, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, we are all caught up on our calls. Who wants to go first? Rick uh, has some YouTubes uh, he's going to share with us, and then we're going to get to Stu. I've got a couple of quick ones here that are just, they, they fit right in with the, what we've been just discussing. Uh, Tom Steckel says, good morning from Orlando. Just a two and a half hour drive to the promised land of Earl Stewart Toyota. By the way, my zero D-L-R-F-E-E license plate it's his vanity plate on his car. Zero dealer fee. Very good. Zero dealer fee. It's great. I, I love that one. Is a conversation starter. Have referred several folks to you and Molinax Ford. Then Steve Ward says, we have a double whammy now. Supply chain issues have made it a seller's market. Now inflation promises to drive prices even higher. Is there ever going to be a good time to buy again? And he also comes in with a comment here of from this from Steve Ward again. Check the Audi of Stewart uh, website. They have a 900 mile used 911 Turbo Cabrio, a Porsche, with a market adjustment increase <laughs> of. Uh, glad we're all sitting down for this one. One hundred and forty six thousand dollars one forty six market adjustment i'll just make it 150 you know well you know here's here's a sad part about that and i don't want to get political at all but we are you know our 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 country here is getting wider and wider diverse in terms of the low part and the high part and uh, we've got more more billionaires by far than i mean you you use the term billionaire now the way we used to use the word millionaire A millionaire is, you know, you're, no, you're part of the rank and file. Uh, unless you've got a few billion, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're just a middle class in this country. 
Unfortunately, there's a whole lot of people in the lower 10% that are really getting screwed, can't afford to buy a lot of important things. But when you're shopping for an Audi, you're a fat cat, right? You're, if you're not a billionaire, you're worth a few hundred million. And who cares $145,000? Can, can, you, can you think about why these luxury cars are getting away with what they're getting away with? There are buyers out there. And Frank, you know, Frank's not a billionaire. He just called in. He says, I want a car and I'm going to buy it. And he knows he's going to pay too much money for it. So the dealers are feeding off this uh, strange economic situation we have in this country. And Audi of Stewart will sell that car for 145000 over sticker. They could probably get 245000 Yeah. You want the car, people buy it. It's chump change to a billionaire. Yeah. Was well, that Audi of Stewart? And this one from uh, Negan One. I've been watching prices on the expensive pickup trucks, uh, the Ram TRX and the new Ford Raptor. Both trucks are in the eighty to ninety thousand dollar MSRP range. Most dealers have ADM, which I'm guessing that's the adjusted dealer markup, yeah. of fifteen thousand dollars or more. Question is, is there any way to avoid paying sales tax on the ADM? ADM is part of the price. You don't pay sales tax on, on what the manufacturer says the MSRP is. You pay sales tax on the total price of the car. So you're going to get you're going to get that six percent in Florida, uh, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Well, and one more popped in here from Richard Swerdlick says. With dealers supposedly making record profits in this time of scarcity of cars, why would dealers ever go back to the previous way of large supplies of cars? Well, you know something, they're smart, they won't. And if the manufacturers, problem will be with the manufacturers. Think about it. As long as we have as many manufacturers as we do, which won't be much longer, because when we see the renaissance of autonomous and all electric, you're suddenly going to see a landscape much sparser of uh, manufacturers. You know, how, how overall has incentives gone down? Because if they've been lowering, and they have been lowering incentives, yeah. that might be the, the calculus. If they're saving more money, you know. It, they, they are. Yeah, whatever, whatever they're going to make the most money. If it's going to make more money flooding dealers' lots with cars, they're going to do that. If they're going to make more money with less cars and lower incentives. Then manufacturers are making record profits. And why? There's, there's another thing. That they're building the higher-priced cars. Uh, the manufacturers, they can only manufacture so many cars, they can only get so many microchips, so which manufacturer, the manufacturer is going to manufacture which car? The, the price car that he puts out there? Or the, or the luxury truck, typically. Trucks are the cheapest to build. Trucks and SUVs are cheaper to build than the sedans, yeah, or sports cars or anything else. So, so uh, the manufacturers are making money hand over fist in this shortage. Uh, dealers are making money hand over fist. Uh, it is absolutely a seller's market out there. You are definitely playing defense if you try to buy a car today. And, and folks, uh, I want to add to that. Earl and I were talking this morning about these high-priced luxury cars and the manufacturers uh, building them. And uh, uh, as Stu said, you know, there's more profit for the uh, manufacturer and for the car dealer. But I added to this, what about the consumer? So this is what this show is all about. And if you listen closely, you can just arm yourself with so much knowledge, so much power, and you can get over on these price gouging. And 
<clears throat> without using any profanity here, uh, and you can stay in control, and we have so much information for you. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I think that Rick has finished with the YouTubes for now. Yep. We're going to go to Stu, who has a lot of texts that have backed up. All right, we have a text from Anne-Marie. Uh, we, uh, John touched on it, um, but Anne-Marie says, Good morning, this is a sad story. A ship carrying 3,965 cars, including 1,100 Porsches, and 189 Bentleys is ablaze in the Atlantic off the Azores. Yes. Reportedly, everything is on fire five meters above the waterline. The crew's been rescued. At least one vehicle was a special order, and the customer has been waiting since August. Well, that's not so bad. <laughs> we no, have people waiting really. longer than that. <laughs> uh, uh, inquiring minds want to know whose insurance covers the cars while they're being shipped. Who takes the loss? The shipping company, the car manufacturers, the dealers, the wannabe owners. And number three, if you order a special order vehicle, do you have to pay in full when you order it or when it's delivered? Well, you got you hit the nail. On, I mean, insurance is going to cover um, a huge amount of that, and I don't know who does it. The, probably the shipping line. Probably the main, probably everybody's got insurance. <laughs> I, you know, these these fat cat manufacturers are so, uh, you know, are so loaded that I, I they probably self-insure a lot of this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I, I don't. I doubt very seriously if they have zero deductible on a ship going down the sea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what are the odds? Probably not. Uh, anyway, to answer your question on a special order, uh, you pay uh, for a special order vehicle when you when you when it's delivered to you. Um, um, but you're probably going to put in a deposit, and it, depending on the dealer and the manufacturer on a special order, it could be a non-refundable deposit, which is legal here in the United States. So just make sure that you're clear on that. And uh, but in most cases, you don't you don't have to pay for the car until you sign in when you see the car when it when it well, your receipt the law requires they put on their on your receipt for whatever you pay them uh, whether or not it's refundable and what are the terms and conditions of the refund if you don't get a receipt then you got a problem and excuse me uh, Stu, i have a question for you this uh -huh. uh, cargo ship that's been abandoned out there in the atlantic ocean with these cars that are burning uh, what what where, where did I mean you just can't grab a uh, fire extinguisher uh, and and put out anything where do they do how do they find these experts to get on this cargo ship to put this fire out I, that's burning out of control I don't know I mean maybe at this point they just abandon it. it's going to burn out and become a salvage thing at some point who knows <laughs> I don't know we don't, cover, we don't cover burning ships on rolling cars well we'll have to find another expert on that okay maybe it'll <laughs> rain you know <laughs> Maybe it'll rain. Maybe it'll run into a hurricane. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have another text. Uh, this is from, oh, wait, there's no name on it. It just says, hello, good morning, everyone. Last month, um, last I texted a message regarding my upcoming lease. It'll be up in July. At that moment, I was in between returning it and getting a new lease. After further thinking calculations, it's better for me to buy it since I know and took care of the vehicle, such as a maintenance interval. Not only that, you're buying it way below the market. Um, Last month, uh, text, I didn't include which state. I live in uh, California. I want to buy the vehicle, and I want to find out from your experience, uh, since you're a Toyota dealership, if there's any advice you can give me if, um, if I can buy it from the leasing company in my state of California without getting the dealer involved in my purchase. If you have any info, uh, it will be greatly, uh, and please, uh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're probably leasing your car through Toyota Financial Services. Um, that is a that's probably most people who are leasing a Toyota in the United States are leasing through Toyota Financial Services. Um, we in the Southeast, we, we, we work with Southeast Toyota Finance, which is a totally separate company. 
and with Southeast Toyota Finance, I know you have to go through the dealer to buy your no, car. No, no, you can go directly through. You uh, can go directly yeah. through there? Okay, yeah. thank you. I'm, I'm that, corrected. They just changed, yeah. Okay, so, uh, and, and chances are they were inspired by TFS. So contact yeah. Toyota Financial Services and, and inquire about w- what your options are. Yeah. Um, it sounds like it's just a good, that you'll, you might be able to skip the dealer altogether. The good news in, in California, uh, you're, they cap the dealer fees at, I think you're about 175 bucks or $100 now. So uh, even though they can add that on, it won't be that much. Believe it or not, if you did it here, you could buy your own car, and a dealer could put over $1,000 in dealer fees on your own car, <laughs> buying the car that you've been driving for three years. But right. that's Florida. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's move along. Uh, okay. I, I didn't click the link, so. All right. Let's jump over to anonymous feedback. I know we had some coming in during the week. And the first one says, I have a 2016 Honda CRV. It was broken into by removing the driver's side lock cylinder in the handle. I gave it to you. I took it to the dealer. <coughs> I'm in Mexico. And, and to, hey, we have a tech, uh, anonymous feedback from Mexico. And to get a new cylinder, it was going to take three months. So they put a blank cylinder in. My question is, if the battery goes dead and the auto doors do not, locks do not work, how do I get in? You have to drill out that lock cylinder, that, that blank. Oh, really? You'd have either that or uh, try breaking in through a window. Explain what's happening here. So you put a blank cylinder in, that means what? That you can use the key remote to... Right. Well, uh, pretty much in any car that has uh, the new smart key system, uh-huh. there is a little mini key that you can pull out of that remote yeah. and put it in the door lock to unlock it. Okay. Um, but if that lock is broken, they can put a blank and cover it over so somebody can't stick tools in there and unlock your car. Oh, okay. Oh, and so that's so they can't, okay, I get Right, it. that way they can't try to jimmy it open. Uh, but if your battery goes dead in the remote to where you cannot unlock it, You're done. or the battery in the car, you would have to basically call a locksmith who would try to open the car by going in through the uh, door itself. Okay, so here's a simple question. If your batteries can last longer than it takes to get the uh, the appropriate parts in, you're fine. Yeah. So make sure all your batteries and your remotes are, are good. Um, Am I uh, correct that if you <laughs> hold the remote closer to the lock, I mean, it's just a matter of low power on a key? Not necessarily. Because uh, most time, that radio signal from the key to the car, uh-huh. you want a good solid signal on that. But those those little I'm batteries I'm in I'm the saying, remote... I'm saying to you... If if you if you try to unlock your car with a keyless remote and it doesn't work, get closer and you get closer. Uh, that can that can sometimes work. Well, yep. That's what I just said. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, <laughs> but th- those batteries in the remote, yeah. they're like three or four dollars. Yeah, put I'm a not, new battery in there. I'm, once I'm a not year. saying you always stand close to the car. Yeah, because yeah. eventually the thing will go dead. I got a, I have another question for you. Um, if he replaces the battery and it takes the old battery out. Is he going to be in the same situation when he puts... The, it'll, it'll still work, right? He puts the battery in, even yeah. with the blank. Okay. All right, good. You're good down in Mexico. All right. Next anonymous feedback. Uh, says, I went to Napleton Acura this past week. On every MDX, that's their uh, SUV, and every MDX they've added $5,000 of dealer options and a market adjustment of $9,995. That is $15,000 above the MSRP of $53,000. Um, you want the top line of the MDX, there's a 25000 of the top of the line MDX, there's a $25,000 market adjustment, plus the $5,000 $5, dealer installed options, which brings the selling price 
to $98,000. <laughs> they said there's not much room for negotiating the add-ons on, or the market adjustment. Not much room. No, I, you know, you're going to pay the price, especially on electric cars. And, uh, uh, you know, you got a lot of alternatives. If you got your heart set on that model Acura, uh, you're just going to shop and get the lowest addendum. There are going to be a, addendums on everything. And then you got to watch about dealer fees, dealers install accessories. And you're you're playing the dealer's game. You're the you're the stranger in the poker game, and they're going to get you if you want to buy that one car. You got to have. Uh, I would I would think that you you might want to shop around uh, for an alternative and uh, uh, shop a wide range uh, online. Uh, uh, and the, probably the best thing to do is to is to order the car from a uh, out from a Acura dealer that is a Costco member. And uh, find one that will agree to sell you that car at the Costco member price when the car comes in. Because if you order the car, you're going to get it in six months or three months, or it's going to be a long time. So chances are, when that car comes in, if you can wait, it's going to be a lot less. Remember, the Costco member price is the lowest price by contract. The dealer has a contract with a, with a, with Costco, and yet they have to swear in the Bible that that price is the lowest price, lower than any price they sell that car to anybody else for. So even if you pay a lot of money for it, it's less money than everybody else is paying. So Costco member price uh, to a Costco dealer who agrees to let you have the price at the time. That means when you're signing on the dotted line, you don't know what the price is going to be. I can guarantee you one thing, it's not going to be higher, it's going to be lower. But you've got to find a, a dealer that would agree to that condition. And I think most of them probably will. Because you know, they look at it this way, what do I got to lose? That car won't be in for uh, months, and I'm not going to worry about it. And uh, I don't even know what the price is, but it'll be a, a fairly decent price. So anyway, uh, give it a shot. Yeah, And you went down that, route, uh, that road and... People are having cars sold out from under them. So yeah, most dealers, and I don't say most, but maybe most, are going to money's going to talk. So if you even if you negotiated that, you got to put put that in writing and shove it in their face if they try and pull any monkey business. But we've heard horror stories of people have been waiting months and months for cars, and the higher pay, higher a buyer willing to pay a higher price comes along, and they'll sell it out from under you. Yeah. Okay, and more anonymous feedback. Um, hi. Are there any brands that you can recommend where I stand a greater chance of buying a car off the lot rather than ordering one and waiting six months? When I read that, I, I laughed and I thought, well, not a Toyota dealership, but um, I actually looked it up and there is in the industry information on day's supply, which means how many cars, how many days, a dealer has 30 day supply, that means that he has enough cars to sell over 30 days. If he has a one day supply, he doesn't have any cars. If he has a 100 day supply, he's got a ton of cars. So Cox Automotive uh, ranks the uh, manufacturers uh, b based on day supply, and currently uh, the ones with the lowest day supplies are Toyota, Kia, Honda, Acura, Lexus, all the, these popular cars. If you want one of the higher day supply, meaning a much more likely chance that there's going to be cars on the lot to buy, then you want to look at Fiat's or Alfa Romeo's. No! Oh, boy. Audi's, don't look at Fiat. Audi's. <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> but they don't really have dealerships. Uh, Ram, Jeep, Dodge, Lincoln, Mazda, Buick, uh, Volvo. Those round out the bottom ten in the highest day supply. So Here's a problem. You're looking at day supply, and you need to understand what day supply is. Day supply 
for a Toyota dealer, uh, especially a large Toyota dealer, uh, a low day supply could be a hundred cars. I mean, if they're selling mm -hmm. a thousand cars a right. month, uh, they could have a hundred cars. And you're talking about a Fiat dealer. He sells mm. one car every other month, <laughs> and he's he, he you know if he's got one car, car he's got a thirty days supply. He's got a huge day supply. He's got uh, two hundred yeah. uh, uh, sixty days supply. So uh, you have to look closer the day supply. And, and, and also, th that's very true because even though I saw Jeep was on the bottom of the list, every mystery shop uh, we've had, there is a shortage of Jeeps. Now, they've had some on the lot, uh, one or two, but yeah. it's still, you're not going to find a big a, a car lot filled with cars anywhere. And, and lastly, <laughs> the reason that a lot of these dealers are keeping some cars on the lot, at, at my dealership, we don't have virtually no cars. The cars we have on the lot are the cars that the, the customers haven't picked up right, yet. There's 20 cars, but they're spoken for. Yeah, they're already spoken for. So, uh, if a dealer really has unsold cars on the lot, uh, he has an ulterior motive because it's like an auction. You come in, he hits you with a huge addendum, and you say no, and he says to you, probably, I'm sorry, I'm not going to beg, uh, please move your car because there's another buyer out there that I'm going to talk to and they'll probably pay the price I ask. So when you have the cars, we're used to, we Americans are used to having the instant gratification of going into a car dealership and buying a car on the same day and driving it home. That is insanity. It was insanity before it was a seller's market. Today, you go into a car dealership and you buy a car and you bring it home that day you will never get the negative equity out of that car. Yeah. You're going to pay so much more for that car. So it's a good idea to order the car. Uh, but if you have to have it, whereas Frank, one of our regular callers, says, I just want to buy it. He's going to buy the car. He knows he's going to pay too much. But if you have to have a car, uh, uh, you're going to just you're going to get hosed. You're going to have to get the lowest addendum that you can find, shop around, and then buy the car. Um, okay, folks, we have some calls that are backed up. I'm going to have to interrupt uh, Stu. Sorry about that. Uh, but uh, let me mention this uh, quickly. We, we certainly have an abundance amount of information to, you know, share with you every week, and we do appreciate your calls, and uh, that is at 877-960-9960. Uh, but more importantly, um, Earl's latest column is about take – the title is Take Good Care of Your Older Car – save thousands when you replace it and it is a great column as all of them are and you can find it at Earl on Cars you can find it at Hometown News or the Florida Weekly and um, you can go to Earl on Cars and read all of his columns and that is take good care of your older car save thousands when you replace it we're going to go straight to John who's uh, been holding from West Palm Beach thank you for your patience John good morning Good morning. Uh, going back to the uh, key fob and a weak battery, um, or even a regular battery, uh, your key fob, for instance, works 20 feet from the car. Yep. And if, if you hold the key fob to your head, the water in your, your brain and that will magnify the signal and you can get another five feet let's say so 25 feet right holding now if you have a weak battery and your and your battery starting to weaken on your key fob if you hold it to your head now you know like do the temple region 
it will it'll have a, more juice to open up the door lock. It works. You're you're absolutely right. I I've tried that. It sounds like a joke. Uh, I guess if you have a big yeah. head, it works even better. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're six five too, <laughs> that leaves me up. That's <laughs> true. It's, really, it's strange. I, I demonstrated it for six my son in the parking lot, and uh, I, I tried it without putting it to my head, and then I held it to my head, and bam, it worked. So that's a great chip, John. Uh, tip, you, you also uh, have a large metal plate in the side of your head, though. Well, that's true. <laughs> I don't know if it works with a bottle of water. I don't know why you couldn't just take a bottle of water and put the key pod behind the bottle of water. Light, yeah. Electrolytes. Yeah, I never thought about that. And here's, yeah. another, here's another trick with a bottle of water. If you need a magnifying glass, and you don't have yourself only, you can put a, you can use that bottle of water as a magnifying glass and put it on with you're trying to read, and it'll magnify it a little. Yeah. Right, cool. Yeah, but it, it dampens down the information sometimes. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta dry it off. Uh, me, guys. Right. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. Uh, I have a Gallup poll here on honesty and ethics, and uh, we still remain at the bottom. And the last three are car salespeople, lobbyists. We're talking about car dealers. No. And uh, no. it's, it's just amazing, but uh, I'm just here to remind everyone we're week in, week out, and we're here to fight the fight and lead you in the right direction. So uh, we're going to go back to the phones, and we're going to Darcy, who is uh, calling us from Stewart. Good morning, Darcy. Good morning. I was calling to ask about the RAV4, I believe it's Prime. Yes. Is that hybrid or electric? The RAV4 Prime, it's a plug-in hybrid, so it works. Uh, okay. Yes, yeah, so you, you plug it in. There's a period uh, 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 where you can run, run an all-electric power, but then when that uh, battery when that runs out, it goes to a normal hybrid operating mode. Okay, so a hybrid is the same thing almost? Yeah, well, a hybrid um, has a gas motor and an electric motor, and the, the computer uses it in conjunction to maximize fuel efficiency. So some of the time um, it's, it will ride on just electric, and other times the motor is assisting, uh, the electric motor is assisting the, uh, right? Is, is, is that the way it works? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't want to get on the limb here. <laughs> no, the, the, okay, good. Because it, the motor charges I, the battery. I, right. That's great, because I ordered a RAV4 hybrid from you, and it will be coming in in March. Okay, great. And the gentleman, Bruce, was a very professional and very pleasant salesperson. Oh, thanks for saying so. Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Darcy. And that was in Lake Park. Yeah. You're going to love it. I drove a RAV hybrid for a long time. It's actually pretty quick, and it's a really neat car. You're going to love it. Okay, well, my real recent Beamer driver switched to RAV4, and she loves it. But I've already owned five Toyotas, so I'm, I've been sold on them for years. You know. You understand. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You're an yeah. educated consumer, Darcy, and I believe that now, the— Now, I grew, I, I grew up in Lake Park, Florida, but I now live in Stewart, and I always thought, this is where Sue needs to live. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> they spell it wrong, though. It's like it's your name or something. Yeah, but they, 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 mis- it's, they misspell it. they got to correct that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, thanks well, for calling. Nice talking to you, and thank you for your show. Darcy, are we you really a first-time caller? Uh, no. 
Okay. I, I thought I, I recognized. I didn't recognize your name, but uh, thank you for calling Earl on Earl Stewart on Cars. We certainly appreciate you sharing your story with us. And uh, Stu, I believe that the RAV4 is still in the number one slot, took over uh, Camry's number one. Yeah, uh, it's it's the whole industry has shifted away from regular old cars to SUVs and trucks. But yeah, the Rav Four is became the Toyota's number one selling there, car. Yeah, there there you go, Darcy. What can we say? It's all been said. Great great purchase. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to go to Howard in Jupiter, who also is a regular caller. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. How are you doing, guys? Great. A little cold up here. I'm still in the Bronx. I'm waiting to come down, and my balcony is uh, not done, so I should be coming down in a couple of weeks. How cold anyway, is it? My kids uh, are up there this weekend. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. So anyway, my question to Rick. Rick, why isn't throttle cleaning uh, a service that, uh, that's done uh, uh, in, in a maintenance program? Throttle cleaning, because at uh, one time, uh, my throttle stuck, and I had to have it sprayed and cleaned. And uh, why is not uh, part of a a, uh, uh, a maintenance plan to keep the throttle clean? I really couldn't tell you why they won't put that in as maintenance. It's something more of like a uh, when it's needed type thing. It's like when your brake pads wear out. The, because of the way people drive differently in cars, you're never going to be able to predict when brake pads are going to be worn out when it's time to replace your brakes. Same thing with the throttle body. Varying ways of driving cars, the throttle body sometimes can actually clean itself. So, uh, so if, you're, if you're the person that you get out on the highway and do a lot of highway driving, that throttle body will actually begin to clean that carbon buildup off all by itself. And otherwise, if you're someone that does a lot of in-town short little hops, a lot of idling time, the carbon starts to build up on that throttle plate and it can cause a little bit of rough idle and sometimes even with the older cars that still have a, a cable running to that throttle plate, you'll step on the gas pedal and it'll stick and it'll feel like you have to pop it past a, a sticking point before it will start to let the engine rev up. And we just go in there, pull the hose loose, and use a special cleaner pad and we scrub all the carbon off of the throttle body and put you back together and you're back in business. How about, do you ever hear of a, um, a product called Tecron, it's a liquid that you pour into the gas tank? Tecron, I think they sell it at... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of any additives into the fuel, simply just for the, the fact that most modern fuels, pretty much all of them now, have plenty of cleaners in them. It's it's more just um, driving habits are what's going to make the best use of those cleaners. Because even with all the added stuff, if you add and add and add to your fuel, you're actually just going to kind of give yourself more headaches in the long run. And it's an unneeded expense. Whereas every once in a while, take the car out for a good long highway drive, give it a chance for things to heat up and self-clean and you're going to be in much better shape for it. And it's a lot less expensive than some of those 10 and 12 and $15 additives that you're pouring in once every two or three tankfuls. Yeah. Good information. Thank you very much, Rick. Have Anytime. 
Thanks for staying with us, Howard. <clears throat> Look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, we're going to go to Bobby, who's calling us from West Palm Beach. Thank you for your patience, Bobby. What can we do for you this morning? Hi, good morning. Um, well, I've been on a crusade lately about the thieves in the service department, and I wanted to talk about break jobs because it appears that resurfacing brake rotors doesn't occur very much anymore and it ha and I believe it has to do with it's it's easier, faster and they make more money by just replacing the rotors. And in fact, I say that because at a Toyota dealer, they didn't even know what the tolerances were for brake rotors for machining them, like how thin they can be and still be used. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, my opinion, resurfacing rotors is we do them all the time. We seldom replace rotors until they get down to the fact that they simply are going to be too thin to meet specification. Um, up north, a lot of northern cars, they replace the rotors almost every time because road salt corroding those brake rotors makes them almost unserviceable even after just a short time. And here in South Florida, the only time I've seen them where we have that same effect is cars that live right near the salt water and they get a lot of that salt onto the brake rotors. If they get so corroded so much that they're pitted or hot checked to the point that they're simply, we just cannot cut that rotor properly, we're going to recommend replacing it. But yeah, for some reason, a lot of shops now are just going straight to the idea of replacing rotors rather than resurfacing. And I'm, I'm well, not well, a fan of replacement if you well, don't Bob, have to. Bobby hit the reason there's more money, right? I mean, if they could get away with it. Plus, yeah. you know, the other thing I was going to comment on, Bobby, is in today's uh, you know, new normal, uh, everything is topsy-turvy. Uh, technicians are very hard to come by. Technicians, uh, like all other professions, are moving around a lot. Uh, uh, they're going where they can make more money. They're going, maybe they just retire. Maybe they uh, they don't want to go in because of the COVID. But every uh, thriving business today has a shortage of skilled personnel. And uh, if you're going to do a dealership uh, that doesn't know the tolerances on your brake pads uh, and they're working at a Toyota dealer, you're talking to an unqualified person. And uh, they probably had to hire them. They shouldn't have, but they did because they need someone when people come into the service drive. And you, you just have, you, when you go and do a service drive today, speaking to all you car owners, be sure you have a qualified technician. Uh, some things you can look at are how long has he been there? Uh, every manufacturer grades technician. We talked about Rick Kearney on this show last week. Uh, he's ranked number four in the Southeast United States in terms of skill. So you can find out if you want to drill down when you go into the dealership, who's your top techs? Uh, and also look at their ASE uh, certifications. And uh, tell me again what that stands for. The, it's actually that, the National Institute for Automotive Service Excellence. Yeah, yeah. Bobby, go ahead. For a consumer, that's, that's kind of hard to do because, yeah, yeah, it, it all, is. I mean, you know, you, you know, you pull up and it's the yeah. service rider gets your car. You don't even know who's working on your car yeah. unless yeah. you have a question and you can go out and find them. Yeah. So God knows that. Uh, one other thing about uh, brake rotors, though, that may be interesting to people is that 
the tolerance, the, the, the minimum width of a brake rotor is actually stamped onto the brake rotor. You can, you can see it on there. So I've had technicians not know what it is, and I've shown them that, and they're surprised. <laughs> well, they shouldn't be working there. And, uh, uh, Bobby, you're right. It is hard, especially if you drive into a service drive. You've got to get a service salesman. Uh, he's got three people waiting behind. He gets paid on commission, and he doesn't want to have a long conversation with you about who the good techs and the bad techs are. And he also doesn't want to get into a political situation where he steers business to somebody and somebody else doesn't have work. So uh, my advice is you call a dealership, try to get hold of a manager, uh, explain, listen, if you want my business, uh, I need to know who your top technicians are. And if I have to wait, I'll bring in next week when he can see me. I don't want to talk to the guy you hired yesterday because you had to fill a seat. Uh, uh, I want to talk to the guy that can fix my car right. So, yeah, it is more trouble, and it's up to you whether you want to take the time to do that. But I, I, I'd be afraid to drive a car into a car dealership today if I weren't a car dealer. One, one last thing for Rick the, uh, about brakes. So they put new brake pads on and they squeal. Is that something I should take back to them and say, why are they squealing? Yes. There's, there are certain that, things that can be done. Well, if they didn't clean up the the mounting points properly, and sometimes there's lubricants that need to be put just a tiny bit on the brake pad shims, or if the pads have been replaced in the past and somebody threw away the shims, those pads really should not be making noise. And if, if they're done properly, then the brakes should not make noise. Now, I will throw one caveat in there one exam uh, uh, exemption and that is south florida especially in the summertime early in the morning when you first get in your car and you start driving it you're going to hear a little bit of noise from the brakes that's because of that humidity that we get in the summertime that causes a light layer of corrosion on the brake rotors overnight and so for the first one or two times that you hit the brakes you may hear just a little bit of noise and if it goes away, that's completely normal. It's an environmental thing that nobody can get rid of. I don't think even Rolls Royce can make brakes that are totally silent in Florida 100% of the time. Thank you very much for the help. I keep Rolls Royce in air-conditioned garages. Well, yeah, they, they have their own special climate control places. But <laughs> Okay, Bobby. Um, do you have another question? Thank you for the help. And that's all. Thanks for the help. Great. All right. We hope to hear from you again. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to remind the ladies that I do have $50 here. Uh, I need a, another first-time uh, female caller, uh, so give us a call, and you'll win yourself $50 this morning. Uh, we have a, a, so many money-saving car tips uh, during this show right here, and everything is free. And uh, we're here to guide and lead you, and uh, as I said earlier, in this minefield. Uh, but also, our listeners are so important because you educate us, too. And uh, we thank you for that. Uh, so give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And uh, don't forget about that Florida law. Uh, that uh, Earl took apart and dissected and put into, well, layman's terms, so to speak, and that is www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers.com. And uh, you can read that past column, How to Know if a Floor 
Florida car dealer is breaking the law at Earl on Cars. Um, also, I'm going to take uh, a moment and uh, show the audience our confessions of uh, a recovering car dealer. And this book is just amazing. And uh, it certainly is something, it's an investment. And uh, at the same time, uh, you're going to be learning a whole lot and passing it along to family members. And uh, it is a, a, a great contribution to Big Dog, Little Dog Ranch. <laughs> and there we have a couple of That's a big, puppy bark. <laughs> big dog. I don't know where the little dog is, but he's in here somewhere. Oh. There he is. There he is. And uh, everything goes to, all the (laughs) proceeds go to uh, Big Dog Ranch, uh, Little Dog Ranch. And uh, that uh, is, as I said, a great investment. And uh, it is just an amazing book with an abundance of information, confessions of a recovering car dealer. And we also have a great mystery shopping report coming up. And that is from Edmore's Honda. Hold on to your hats. And... uh, Stay tuned. I think we're going to go back to Stu. It looks like as if that he might have some text to share with us. Yeah, I have another anonymous feedback. It says, your video about the stolen catalytic converter reminds me when I had an outdrive stolen. The insurance company would only pay for a rebuilt outdrive, so I said I would pay additional money for a new outdrive. Allstate refused to pay the claim unless I stuck with the used part. My question is, what is an outdrive? That's that piece on the boat that is the, uh, oh, really? the propeller. Oh, and, okay. Oh, I thought um, he was talking about a car. Shaft okay. Is, no. Okay, so someone's a, a boat part was stolen off. I didn't yeah. know they had a. Okay. As, that's when you have a the engine on your boat is not an uh, an outboard motor. Inboard outboard. It's right. It's an inboard, and then the outdrive is actually the drive shaft and propeller assembly that come out of the boat. All right. If I tune into the wrong place, is this Earl Stewart on? <laughs> I just I'll have tell you what, it's big business knowledge. stealing those parts off the boat. Hey, I'm smarter big right business. now. Well, I'm smarter right now than I, uh, than I was when I got here because I know what an outdrive is now. Uh, so yeah, it's, all, it's a good thing. All right, let me jump over some texts, I think. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's a good one from Bob. It says, uh, good morning. Do Toyota hybrids gas engines all turn off when the vehicle's at a stop? If so, isn't that the same as the start-stop feature on regular gas Toyotas that you have in the past are not fond of. Well, yeah, the, the hybrids cars will will go to uh, an idle. You'll sit there and it feels like it's not nothing's on and you hit the gas and it starts going. No, that's not the same thing as the start stop, which is a, a function in just the all gas models, just to save gas, um, well, to keep it from burning gas while it's idling. And that's pretty annoying. Believe it or not, the hybrid, it doesn't feel like that. There's a, it's a totally different feeling when the hybrid goes idle and you gas it up again versus that start stop. Rick. Here's two of the biggest differences the hybrid gas engine gets started by way of the high voltage battery spinning the electric motors that are bolted up to the engine that are actually the drive motors for the car. The start-stop system uses a normal small electric starter motor that uses a 12 volt battery and it's a much more violent action because it has to use gear reduction to start that engine and it's a, a much more yeah, that's uh, why you feel that, that vibration you're right that, a, a violent vibration that you feel when yeah. it starts up not to mention the fact that the starter and the 12 volt battery on the start stop systems actually have a maintenance shelf life of a time when they are recommended to be replaced and they're quite expensive okay. whereas the electric motor and the hybrid battery depending on how you drive the car they can last 
years and years and years and years and years. Yeah. So I, I would. It's not the same thing. So don't let that scare you from buying a hybrid. And and it's it's going to be the same with any manufacturer, not just Toyota. Hybrids is a long proven technology. When people ask me about hybrids, uh, I, I remind them we got our first Prius at our dealership in the year 2000. So 22 years ago. So I mean, my children weren't born, and they're in. Co- they're all out of the house now. <laughs> okay, I got to remember walking around. I got to remember walking around the lot where we had Priuses, and uh, not knowing a whole lot about them. And all of a sudden, one would crank up, uh-huh. and uh, you think you were yep. imagining things. And yeah, and you, you want to hear something interesting? <laughs> we have sold so many hybrids, and serviced, and worked on so many hybrids at our dealership, and I truly think. I can say less than one handful, five cars, have ever needed the actual transmission or the electric motor assembly replaced. I personally have only ever done one. Yeah. Interesting. And just uh, that seems to be the one part of the hybrid system that has just, for, for all of them, has been bulletproof. Yeah. And that's amazing to me. It is. All right. We have another text from Buck out in California, and he is just lamenting. He says there's a comment to make. He has no idea what he's going to do when his old truck finally breaks down. Between the prices of used vehicles and new vehicles, he will definitely be stuck trying to buy one, um, and he doesn't want to have to buy a scooter to get to work. Um, l- love and nurture that truck, Buck, and, and but put in a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's we don't know where where what the, the when the end of the tunnel is going to be. I read appear. my latest blog because it's all about yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So nurture that, love it, keep it lasting until prices come down. All right, I think we are caught up. Oh, actually, no. Amory has a follow up to the to the ship fire in, in the Atlantic. Um, so the lithium ion batteries of the electric cars on board the ship have caught on fire, so that adds more complications to trying to extinguish it. Reportedly, a tow for the ship can't get there until Wednesday, so that doesn't sound promising. So mm. maybe it will just melt into just the bottom of the ocean. And yeah, you know, disappointing. So we're all caught up. Back to oh, you. Great. Yeah. Um, can I can I read something from the automotive news? Uh, certainly. This is uh, this will interest uh, you and Stu and everybody in the room here too, because car dealers always lie about their profits and their prices, and and but the the public companies. The, which are becoming the dominant car dealers now, uh, they're publicly owned, and the Security Exchange Commission requires that they release the truthful numbers. If they lie to the SEC, they go to jail. So here's some accurate. Here, here's a, one of the largest car dealer groups in the country, and the quarterly report just came out with what they make and how much they're making. First of all, Okay, I'm going to interrupt myself here because we got Marty, yeah. and he's holding, and we prioritize phone calls. Yeah, we'll definitely get back to that column from the Automotive News. Uh, we're going to go to Marty, uh, and uh, I'm so glad to hear from you, Marty. Been a while. You're out there working for us. Morning, Welcome. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? We're great. Uh, I got two questions, I guess. Uh, they'll probably go to Rick. First of all, my wife's got a Honda CRV that has that automatic uh, stop. If you press this A button on the, on the car, that stop feature will go off. Right. But as soon, as soon as you start again, it'll be on again. My question is, why didn't they do that in the reverse? 
why didn't they leave it so you don't have that? If you want to stop, start, then you press you press a button. Oh, you speak my mind. You speak my thoughts exactly. Uh, for, for folks that are wondering what he's talking about, there there is a cancel button for that automatic start-stop feature where when you get in the car and you start it up, you can push this button, and until you cycle the key off and back on, it will cancel that start-stop feature and let you just drive the car normally. I got a question. And for some reason, they should have just put it as a switch that you could turn it off totally and only have it come on when you want to activate it. But no, they did that. My, my question, and I don't know if anyone knows the answer to this, is the mileage estimate for the, for the vehicles, does that include the usage of the smart, smart stop? Yes. So that's yes. why. Because that's the regulators, to get their, the cafe down to, um, to the fuel sta- standards, they start inc- introducing these features. And I think if they made it an opt-in, they couldn't include it in the mileage estimate. Ah, uh, okay. I see you. Yep. And it sucks because it should be you should be able to turn it off and leave it off. But yeah, if you can remember and it becomes a habit, then then it's less annoying. But I was never able to make it a habit, so it's oh, still yeah. It's a it's a very annoying feature. Yeah. yeah so. And uh, either if I happen to be sitting in the passenger seat, I'll push the A, or then my wife she'll push the A yeah. or whatever. It's a team effort. If you uh, both yeah. think about it, yeah. you might remember it. Fifty yeah. percent. Yeah. Well, you will once you stop. <laughs> right. Once you stop and it gets that jerk. Yeah. You, 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 yeah, you wake you up. You didn't press it. Exactly. The other question I have for Rick, I bought my Toyota uh, two years ago, February 26th of 2020. So the Toyo- Toyota care is off in another few days. But it, this car came with the Toyota care Platinum. Do I have to tell the service guy when I go in there that I have the platinum, or will that be automatically? It's in the com- see it? it's in the computer, but remind them. I don't know. Just 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 to make sure. But yeah, when they pull it up, um, all all the coverage, all the warranties, including Toyota Care, uh, Toyo Guard, if your car happened to have it on it, um, um, factory warranty, uh, extended service contracts, all that is visible when they when they start um, pull you up in the computer. Yep. Yeah. Now, as a consumer, I would never have paid for that. Right. I mean, you're getting two oil changes and four tire rotations with it. Right. But sticker-wise, it has a $699 price. That's right. So you can do it. You can do that for a lot less than $699. Oh yeah. But, yeah. but my negotiating skills got me that thrown in the car without paying for it. So I, 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 I can't hmm. complain. But uh, I just wanted to know if you got to tell the service writer. Uh, you don't have to. Um, but I, like I said, at our dealership, it's, we don't see that many cars with Toyota because we don't, we don't sell it unless it's a customer request. But it's going to yeah. be visible. But you know it. And if he doesn't mention it, <laughs> then, then mention it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't get, just to let you know, I didn't get my car at your place, but yeah. I do all my service at your place. No, we, we actually at one point we we tried selling Toy Guard at our cost to see if that was something customers wanted. You know, um, it wasn't, so <laughs> we stopped doing it. Yeah, it's probably worth maybe two hundred dollars. Yeah, it, it includes there's some there's some rental car in there, but that's all hypothetical. Yeah. You have to use it for right. it to be a real um, benefit. Right. So. All right, but at least I found out what you said about the auto stop. Yeah. Thank. Thank you so much, Marty. Stay tuned for our okay. mystery shopping report. It's going to be a doozy. Um, okay. Have a good weekend. Thank you. The same to you. Uh, you know, um, I- as far as uh, the uh, female shopper, 
uh, it's a financial disaster for these dealers to ignore us. And let me tell you something, uh, things have gotten so much better for uh, that particular shopper. And at the bottom line is for women to be treated as equal uh, to men. Uh, and so it uh, goes without saying that we do, uh, you know, entertain the idea uh, with different female callers. Week in and week out in the platform has grown considerably. And there are a lot of women out there that have really had a great experience. So with that said, I want to go to my next first time female caller and her name is Denise and she's calling from Stewart. Welcome Denise. Hi, good morning. You've won yourself fifty dollars this morning and if you leave your information with Elise who's in our control room, uh, she'll pass it along to me and I'll get that check out to you. Oh I love that. Thank you. That's very sweet of you. Thank you. What can we do for you this morning? Um, I just want to say thank you for the service that you guys provide um, and I hate to bother you but I have a question. Um, I purchased a 2022 Volkswagen Taos, which I love, but two weeks ago the engine harness went wonky and they've had the car now for over two weeks. They're repairing it. It looks like Volkswagen Lego. It's totally dismantled. Okay. Um, but I have concerns about the, um, you know, the, the concept of replacing such a vital part of the car and it not having issues after that. And knowing nothing about the harness, um, I was shocked that it, to see that it looks like a, a, a giant squid uh, <laughs> with all these tentacles. So mm. it's very concerning. Um, so my question is, should I worry about the repair of it? And if so, what to do about that? Uh, it's a difficult thing to say because without knowing the technician working on it there uh, there's a very wide range of technicians that you're going to find at every repair shop anywhere be it a dealership or an aftermarket yeah. shop let me interrupt Rico. denise where do you have uh, which Volkswagen dealer has your vehicle wallace and stewart yeah uh i, I think uh, uh you you need to you first of all you got to stick with the Volkswagen dealer obviously uh yes there are people uh, I would, uh, I would uh, express my concern to the service manager and to Bill Wallace, uh, the owner. Uh, if uh, you, you you can also voice your concerns to the manufacturer uh, and let them know. If you call the manufacturer about your concern, uh, they will uh, hopefully intervene on your behalf. They have technical specialists available to aid the technicians at the dealership. Uh, so if you if you got a dealership, and we talked earlier about technicians today not being fully qualified, because good technicians are hard to come by. Good any employee are hard to come by during this time. So uh, you want to be sure you get a good technician on the vehicle, and you should be dealing with somebody up the ladder. Uh, if you have a problem, uh, uh, you've got an 800 number for Volkswagen. Uh, they will contact the service manager or the dealer and or the dealer uh, all for all complaints. Your complaints going directly to Volkswagen come back to the dealer. So that's a good thing. Uh, and okay. your last uh, weapon when you have a car, uh, th this car is under warranty, right? Yes. Uh, uh, you, you have a, you have a uh, uh, there's something called the Lemon Law in Florida. and. Uh, if they're dragging their feet and repairing it, 
you need to go on record in writing by email okay. that uh, you're concerned that they're unable to fix your car. Uh, and you don't want to get combative. You want to be nice now. But at some point, when you, you feel like you're not getting uh, the right expertise to fix your car, uh, you should mention the Lemon Law. That gets everybody's attention. I guess the dealer's attention because okay. it's a it's a uh, you know a disgrace on them that they have to be involved in the lemon law, and the manufacturers hate the lemon law, and usually when they think that you're thinking about invoking the lemon law, uh, they will really hustle to get your car fixed. But how long have they had your car? I just purchased it uh, the end of July, so it's brand new. And okay. how, the thing how? is, I. I I did reach out to Volkswagen because <coughs> I had to pay for my own rental, and I'm hoping for reimbursement, um, but they have not responded to me at all. I went to the main 800 number. I have a case with them, a case number, and I've gotten nowhere. Uh, and how, how long has your car been at the dealership for this repair? Just about over two weeks, maybe three. Interesting. Wow. Oh. Okay. All right, Denise, I'm going to give you the atomic bomb here. Uh, if you will email me, uh, you've got my email address. It's earloncars.com. Uh, you email me, uh, and and uh, I'll respond, and I'll give you Bill Wallace's uh, personal cell phone it's number. Earl at earloncars.com. Yeah, I'm, yeah, Earl I'm not at, trying to impose. You know, I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble. No, 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 no. Well, you, you got it right. You, you 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 should be concerned, and you you could just tell Bill Wallace uh, that you, you have a problem. You tell him your friend Earl Stewart. And uh, he knows me. I'm, you know, we're friends. And uh, if you'll uh, just uh, earloncars.com and uh, earl at earloncars.com, E-A-R-L at earloncars.com, and I'll give you his cell phone number. I don't want to give it out over the air, but uh, I, I would, but I just, uh, you, you know. Not do that. Yeah, not a good idea. So I'll, I'll well, I appreciate that. Sure. Yeah, and, and Denise, let me tell you that uh, Lemon Law, boy, that'll take you a long way if you have to use it. But uh, the way you've been treated uh, with this situation, that's far too long for your car to be sitting at a dealership. And also that in expense that uh, you, you didn't factor in, that you have to rent a car. Uh, so right. uh, you've gone about this, you've dotted your I's, crossed your T's, you've done everything that you could, and um, uh, you know, we're, we're not promoting uh, that you attack anyone, nor have you, or we are going to attack any, anyone. So take advantage of the information that Earl just shared with you. You're fully entitled to your money back on the rental, so don't, yeah. don't compromise on that at all. Uh, rental cars are very okay. expensive today, and a lot of dealers yeah. are being uh, reluctant to uh, loan you a car, but you are fully entitled when your car is not drivable under new car warranty to have your reimbursement for your rental costs. And uh, rental uh, rental cars out there too, uh, price gouging is taking place. It's everywhere. It's rampant. So Denise, good luck. I hope you stay in touch Thank with us. Uh, look uh, for that uh, cell phone number. Uh, at uh, Earl's uh, information that he just shared with you. And Denise, congratulations and thank you for helping me build this platform for ladies right here at Earl Stewart on Cars. Well, I appreciate your support and uh, your kindness. You guys are wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Don't forget to send thank me that information. Well. I will not. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, uh, so, bye -bye. 
Uh, we are going to go back to Earl because I believe that he wanted to uh, discuss yeah, uh, the uh, record actual, new vehicle profit figures. This is actual from the financials of the Penske Auto Group, which is, I think, the second largest retail group in the country. And this is uh, uh, interesting uh, uh, to, to me, and uh, you know, we're in the business, and we rarely ever get the real numbers uh, from what uh, the other dealers are doing, but uh, the average of the hundreds of auto dealerships that Penske has, their average uh, uh, gross profit per vehicle is $7,006 uh, for the last quarter. Now that doesn't count the finance profit, which is another 2000 so can we round this off to pretty close to 10000 for every car, the thousands and thousands of cars, he's making about $10,000 for every car. His profit this is the Penske Auto Group. Uh, locally, they own Palm Beach Toyota. That will give you an idea of, of the, you know, they, the names of the dealerships you don't see, but there's the Penske Auto Group. Uh, the average uh, profit on used cars is $2,884 out of all the uh, used cars. Now, that's a $1,000 gain uh, from a year ago. So the prices, uh, you can see what's happening. And they probably don't in include dealer fees in that. Uh, they don't include the dealer fees. They don't include, and they don't include incentives. The, the, yeah, and they don't include the uh, uh, F and I, the finance, right. you know, the interest yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's absolutely incredible, uh, the uh, unconscionable, uh, immoral profits that are being made, and. Uh, uh, the only people that are paying the price for this are you. It's a seller's market, and uh, you're in trouble. So. There's nothing you can do about it, but it just, it's really obnoxious because it's citing increased costs driving that, but that's not what's happening. If, if that was the case, the profits wouldn't be so big. Oh, sure. No, <laughs> the profits yeah. would be the same. Yeah, exactly. You raise your prices to get to where you used to be. You're exactly. Not. And the manufacturers are doing the same thing. So it's a double whammy. Everybody's getting rich, the dealers, the manufacturers, and you're getting poor if you buy a car. So don't buy a car. <laughs> Do not buy a save car. On, save, save, on, uh, a whole, save yourself a whole lot of money. Keep that old car you have. You know, uh, sometimes uh, the cost of maintaining that um, is uh, quite uh, profitable. Uh, we're going to go to Charles, who's holding. Uh, thanks so much for your patience, Charles. Uh, he's calling us from West Palm Beach. Welcome. Actually, it's North Palm, but... My question for all of you is, and Earl's probably gone through this a hundred times, I've just missed the shows, um, what are the legitimate fees starting with MSRP, which I know is negotiable, transport, which is probably fixed, taxes, well, that's DeSantis' issue. But starting with dealer prep, to me, I couldn't really imagine why there'd be a dealer fee other than the car gets washed and a couple of gallons get uh, put in the gas tank. Um, wondering what are the legitimate fees and when Earl when you're having writer's block for the Florida Weekly maybe that would be a great place for you to list all of this. Yeah, Charles that'd be a very short article because the only legitimate fees are government fees so if, if there's a on your buyer's order your installment sales contract you see something that says fee if that's paid to the federal state or local government it's legitimate and the only legitimate fees, for the uh, by far large, there are a few minor fees at two dollars or something, but 
but for the significant fees that you pay to the government, it's just your license plate and registration and uh, the uh, sales tax. tax. That's the big one, 6 6% in Florida. So uh, the simple shorthand way to handle this with a dealer, say, listen, I want your out-the-door price plus government fees only. Now that cuts to the bone. Uh, a lot of people will get confused on the title of tag and registration and because the dealers learn now how to make phony fees, hidden fees, sound like their title tag and registration. Some of those tricks are electronic filing fee, not at all a government fee. Electronic filing fee is a, is a, phony, a phony markup for a very small fee uh, that is paid to a private company uh, to do the registration and tag work. Uh, tag agency fee, that's another BS fee that they make you think is a government fee. But the, the acid test of a government fee is, is, there, is there sales tax charged on it? When, when you see a fee and the Florida sales tax has been charged on that fee, it's not a government fee, it's a phony fee. So uh, be sure you stress government fees only Give me your outdoor price. I'm only going to pay government fees. And when you see the government fees that you think are government fees, look at the buyer's order and find out if they charge you sales tax on it. If they did charge you sales tax on it, they're lying to you. It is not a government fee. Oh, okay. Well, that's very helpful, Earl. You know, I'm just going to share a little bit of history with you. My dad, after World War II, had to buy a car. And the dealer, it was a Pontiac dealer, actually, which you might find interesting up in New York State. Um, the, the salesman wanted a bribe. And as a result, we never, ever, ever set foot in that car dealership again. Uh -huh. uh, and I'm thinking that with all of these adjustment fees, et cetera, that uh, dealers may, in fact, be taking a very short-term view of the market. Uh, uh -huh. Glad you're the exception. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, my father started in business in 1937, and uh, and uh, back in those days, I didn't come along until 1968. And when I started to work for my father, uh, he had his hidden fee was a dock fee, uh, and it was six dollars and fifty cents. So, yeah, it's been going on for a long time. <laughs> Well, I mean, I just wish it was as easy as buying a pair of shoes or yeah. something like that. You go in, this is the price, and, and uh, everybody, you know, you make your money. I mean, yeah, I don't have to go up to Stewart or down to the West Palm or whatever. I can just go right down the road, mm -hmm. go Stewart, yeah. pay yeah. my money and, and not feel as if I've been taken. Wouldn't exactly. that be great? Exactly. It really would be. Be wonderful. Uh, keep up the good uh, work, and I'm looking for a second book from, from you all. Um, I've got a couple of copies of Confessions that I've passed out to our sons, but uh, there's been so much more stuff coming out that uh, maybe it's time for a second book. You must be a mind reader. It I, is I'm, indeed. I'm getting toward the end of my second book, and the, <laughs> the, the title is uh, Redemption of a Recovering Car Dealer, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm just about ready to see the rough draft. I'm working with a ghost writer named John Van Zyl, and we do uh, bi-weekly uh, uh, telephone interviews and text back and forth. And he's interviewed, uh, he's interviewed uh, my son, Stu. He's going to interview Nancy. He's interviewed uh, one of my competitors uh, who used to run 
Delray Toyota, and uh, he's inter interviewed uh, the consumer advocate uh, uh, out of California, uh, Rosa, Rosemary Shan. Shahan. Shahan. Rosemary Shahan. Great uh, lady. And also uh, the president of the Florida Automobile Dealers Association. So I'm getting the good, the bad, and the ugly, all the different views. And uh, that's all going to be, and it will be brought up to date uh, as you requested, Charles. So thanks for asking. I'll let you know as soon as it's finished. Great job, Earl. Thank you very much. And Nancy. what is your Thank name you. again? Charles. It's Charles. It is Charles? It is. Okay, great. Hey, uh, Charles, uh, to your, uh, when you first got on the phone and talked to us about fees, you know, there's nothing wrong with fees. It is the hidden fees uh, that uh, lead us into this deception, and it's really not necessary. And uh, I, I, you had a great idea, and I also want to add to that that uh, don't go anywhere. Stay tuned because you talk about fees. Let's take a look at the mystery shop of Ed Moore's Honda that we're going to get to just in a couple of minutes. It will interest you. And thank you thank for calling. Thank you very, very much. All righty. Hey, listen, you know, while I have you, I called once before and I had a question. Um, and if, if Toyota would, would do this and other cars do this, we, we drive Volvos, which have the most comfortable seats in the world. But um, the, the question I have is, why is the front passenger seat not got lumbar support. My wife has back issues, and very few cars have lumbar support for the front seat passenger. Well, lack of uh, intelligence on the part of the manufacturer, because I totally agree with you. Uh, I love lumbar support, and uh, uh, you know, it's just something that if they were, if the manufacturer was smart, they would put it in. It's a cost thing, you know, everything is pricing and advertising and total cost, but I totally agree with you. It's a great suggestion. We'll pass that along yeah. to Toyota. Great suggestion. Okay. Keep up the good work. Great job. Thank right. you. Thanks, Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, folks, we're going to uh, freeze the lines, and uh, we're going to concentrate on some text, some YouTubes. We're going to get to the Mystery Shopping Report, and that text number is 772-497-6530. And I think we're going to go back to Stu. Well, just real quick, because this is something that's kind of been uh, eating at me or bo bothering me on the government fees and the taxable and i just i looked it up there is an exception to the taxable uh taxing on legitimate fees and that's yeah. the florida uh, the battery and tire fee which is oh, a yeah, fee. Yeah, and the sales tax for some reason is assessed on yeah, that i mentioned that and it's uh, it's it's negligible it's but negligible six dollars and fifty cents yeah, yeah. but is but it's taxable i don't, I don't want anybody to throw a fit in the showroom and say yeah. that's not legit but yeah when you're legit. paying five thousand dollars over sticker you're not going to be worried about the six dollar fifty cent yeah, fraction uh, percent of the cost. More great information right here at Earl Stewart on cars. Uh, I believe that we are going to go to the mystery shopping report. Oh, yeah. Okay. We can, uh, okay. We, and that mystery shop is from uh, Ed Morse Honda. And I want to let our listeners know your vote is extremely important. Yeah. Take advantage of it. We would love to hear from you. And that text number is 772-497-6530. Now, the mystery shop at Morse Honda. And I think we're going to have some time after this because we're getting started a little earlier than normal. But So keep your texts coming in and your anonymous feedbacks coming in. Can't take phone calls, but we will have your anonymous feedback or your text or your Facebook or your... We're not doing Twitter anymore. Either YouTube or Facebook. So this mystery shop of Ed Morse Honda. Ed Morse, you've uh, probably known him. He's... Uh, 
know all the chains, so it's actually growing. I thought after Ed Morse died and Ted Morse died, uh, I kind of wondered w whether the chain would continue, and it's actually growing. I'm uh, seeing blurbs in automotive news, they're buying dealerships around the country, so apparently uh, uh, they're alive and well and prosperous. It's been t uh, nearly two years since we mystery shopped Ed Morse Honda. It was in the thick of the pandemic. Uh, it was uh, before the aftershocks of the global microchip shortage hit and the supply chain interruptions. Uh, the mission was try to shop online and get the lowest price possible using competitive quotes. Agent Lightning, that's our female shopper, was able to use a low price from Bremen Honda and get an even lower price from Ed Morse Honda, and then she got an even lower price from Coggin Honda. These are all South Florida uh, Honda dealers. Uh, using true car. Uh, now, that is a classic textbook way to buy a car in a buyer's market. As a matter of fact, it's not a bad way to buy a car even when you should be buying a car. If you don't get three bids, you don't get three prices out the door, uh, you're paying way too much money. That mystery shop occurred in a different universe. Uh, back in September 2020, dealers had tons of cars to sell. They were practically giving them away. It was a buyer's market. Our advice was to get at least three out the door quotes from competing dealerships. This is the best way to find the lowest price. Well, guess what? Still the best advice. These days, all the prices are much higher, but our shopping guidelines are the same. Get at least three quotes. You might find a dealer willing to sell close to MSRP. Now, uh, Barrett, here's the philosophy of this. I don't know if you feel like I do, but when I buy something, I don't like to pay a high price. Uh, but you know something? If I can, if I can think that I got as low a price as anybody else did, it mitigates the pain. You know, I. Well, I, it's, I, it's, I, it's not I'm high really, then. Yeah. It's only high if you're comparing yeah. it in time. But yeah, to everybody what, else. what really hurts the pain, the, the stabbing pain, is to know you've been suckered, and and you find out your next door neighbor bought the same car from the same dealer the same month. Same day. <laughs> right. <laughs> and paid $2,000 less than you did. Oh, the pain. So you can avoid this pain even in a seller's market where you know you're paying too much, but so is everybody else. You just don't want to pay more than what your neighbors pay, if you get what I'm saying. So uh, both, both philosophies apply. Uh, we returned to Ed Morse Honda this week to see how things have changed there. The Ed Morse dealerships are considered to be fairly tame, or not known for big addendums or bushy sales tactics. And again, this is all relative. Uh, uh, they're kind of boring, relatively speaking. Uh, and that's a compliment, boring compliment. If you want you want some excitement. Go to Hendrickson. Go to Hendrickson. <laughs> or Napleton. Or Napleton. Right? <laughs> I mean, if you like sports. like fireworks. Yeah, we've got some callers out there that enjoy it. You know, uh, Frank. Uh, uh, who is it? Goes, Frank. Oh, Frank goes to the... Uh, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. No, John in West Palm. Is it Marty. Marty, oh, okay. Marty, sorry. yeah. I mean... All these guys like to So, uh, But the times are changing. Maybe the Ed Morse dealerships are going to change with them. Ed Morse's grandson, Teddy Morse, is running things now. From the looks of the latest uh, ad campaign, uh, he's trying for a cool makeover for his dealerships. So here we are. So many dealers are just... It really makes me feel... Oh, he's going to play the video. Oh, the video. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Let's go. Sorry. It's there for the sale, and that's it. 
but we wanted our customers to know that we have your back during the sale, after the sale, and when it's time to buy your next car. That's why we say you're always backed by Morse. So I don't so, think Earl could see the saw the well, video on that. I've seen it many times. You've seen it before. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's Teddy Morse, and he's got aviator sunglasses on, and yeah. a beard, and like and a muscle tee. Yeah, I didn't realize what a cool looking guy he was. I mean, well, he, he looks like a TV guy. <laughs> he's trying to looks like he's kind of doing the Matthew McConaughey thing, like well, we're in the Lincoln, like yeah. talking with a voice like this. Yeah, backed by Morse. Yeah, well, it's definitely well, over. But, <laughs> but we're making fun compared to some of the. If you want to c- compare him to Frank Hernandez, Frank oh, yeah, Hernandez, yeah, yeah. I mean, at least he's. You know, he's, he's civil. He's a oh yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I give the I I like the commercial. J- Jason went to school with him. Or my brother Jed Earl's other son went to school with him at for at car dealer school <laughs> back in the uh, yeah. early two thousands. Yeah, and uh, I've never been able to get over the Teddy thing. I and that's just silly. I mean, a lot of people are called Teddy. I mean, you know, probably there was Teddy's out there. Teddy but, Roosevelt. Yeah, I know, it's I Teddy. I just, I I can't get away from. Uh, Elvis Presley, I want you to be my teddy bear. Yeah. I don't know. I can't get out of my head. If I had that name, I'd want him to call me Theo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we sent Agent Lightning in to see how things have changed at Ed Morris Hunter. As Teddy, I want to be your teddy bear. I uh, managed to keep it cool during the inventory crunch of 2021 20, 2022. Before heading out, here's a report. I'm speaking the first person if I were Agent Lightning, our female shopper. Before heading out to Ed Morse Honda, I decided on a long shot to try to get a Costco price on a new Honda Civic. I had no luck finding any, so I called, uh, listen to this carefully, I'm I'm impressed with Agent Lightning initiative, Mm -hmm. and this is something very valuable, uh, very good information. Um, She tried to get a Costco price uh, on a Honda Civic, having no luck, so she called Costco Auto Program, the 800 number is right online. You could go to web, uh, Costco's website, uh, Costco Auto Buying website, and you could talk to a real life human being at Costco, and she spoke with a woman named Teresa. She told, uh, Teresa told me, as uh, Agent Lighting, the closest Civic on the Costco Auto Program was in Savannah, Georgia. Wow. <laughs> but hmm. you laugh, but hey. Uh, I, 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 I'm, we're going to find out what that price was. I mean, well, this will be an addendum. We'll follow up. Because the Costco Auto Program requires that you sell the car at the lowest, lower price than you sell that same make, uh, year, make and model to anybody else. So, it's, just like I said earlier, you might be paying a high price, but it's the lowest price anybody's paying, and that takes away some of the pain. So, this Costco gal, Teresa, I suggested a similar model. I love this. I didn't know that they would do this, Costco. uh, Suggested, hey, check out the Hyundai Elantra and directed me to a Napleton Hyundai. That made me nervous. (laughs) 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 On North Lake Boulevard, I said, no thanks. Now that I've said that, I have to go back and explain why that made me nervous. A chain is only as strong as its weakest link. A Costco auto buying program is a very strong change. The weak links are the dealers. So when you go to the dealer, the weak link in the chain of the Costco auto buying program, you got to go back to Costco and verify the price they gave you is legitimate. There is a price that Costco knows they should have charged you. You tell them the price 
you were charged, and Costco will say, hey, they were wrong. They overcharged you by $2,000. I'm going to call the dealer. They will call the dealer, and if the dealer will not agree to honor their contract, they'll cancel that dealer as a Costco-approved dealer. So uh, I love this. Uh, direct communication with Costco. You Costco members out there, remember that, and call the Costco. And if you have a problem and you want to know where other, other Costco-approved dealers are, unfortunately, Savannah, Georgia is a long drive. But you know, you might even be able to get lucky. Do it all online, no reason why not. You know the car you want, uh, and uh, the price is guaranteed. Uh, pay the transportation, and they'll deliver the car to you. So don't rule out Costco just because a lot of dealers don't have the prices listed. The reason they don't have the prices listed is because they want to gouge the hell out of you when you come in. That's the reason they have the cars on the ground and haven't sold them yet, because everybody walks in the door and say, the old game, you know, who's going to pay the most money for the car, and that's who gets to buy the car. So don't rule out Costco, even now. Uh, but in this case here, we gave up on Costco, headed on Edmore's Honda. I arrived early evening, and I was uh, quickly greeted with a fist bump by Mike. Uh, we exchanged pleasantries, and then I changed the subject to why I was there. I asked if I uh, if he had any civics and in inventory. Mike said he thought they did, but he would have to check. He excused himself and was away for just a minute before returning to tell me he had one in stock. He also had a list of in-transit vehicles. These are dealer, these are vehicles that were shipped uh, from Honda, and they're somewhere on a train or a plane or an automobile between the manufacturing point and the dealership. And he has a list of all those, so he checked that out too. Uh, I told Mike I wanted to take something home today, so he suggested we take a look at the one in stock. He got the keys, asked me to follow him out onto the lot. We found it right away. It was a 2022 Honda Civic EX, white with an MSRP of $26,760. Manufacturer suggested retail price. But wait, there was an un-Edmores-like addendum sticker next to the Maroney label. It was short and sweet, $2,995 for mud guards. What? There, uh, and will uh, is this, was this bought on uh, the auction? I mean, what uh, mud guards for two three thousand dollars for mud guards? What are the, what do mud guards cost? Do you want me to ex excuse me? If let that. me ask something before you talk to Rick. Uh, what do you think? Do you think I go to Amazon and get those for maybe yeah. starting at thirty dollars? Yeah. Uh, what about those wheel locks? Yeah. Uh, I think I can get them for yeah. maybe thirty five dollars. Just, okay. say, just saying. Yeah, $999 fee. <coughs> uh, Teddy Moore's list price was 30754 Okay, now that's, uh, that's a pretty big kick up in MSRP. Mike walked around the car uh, doing his thing. I asked him about the addendum. He said it was a reflection of the market right now. He assured me that $2,995 was well below what his competitors were adding to their prices. Well, it might be below what the competitors are adding to their prices on the addendum label, but uh, who, there's a lot of other ways to add to prices, and we'll see what we will see. I asked him if the $29.95 for the wheel locks and mud guards was negotiable. Uh, this is, this is, I kind of lie. I, I don't think he was lying here. Mike said, Mike said that legally they can't list that charge as a market adjustment. Well, I don't know if that's why true. not? I mean, uh, you can if you want to, uh, but... Uh, 
But anyone, anyone can guess that mud guards and wheel locks don't really cause that much, he said. Uh, he'd do his best to work with me. It's just an unusual thing. I guess he's being honest. Give him credit. Give Mike uh, credit for being honest uh, to that extent. We found his desk asked about the Costco program. Mike said Costco was the way to go. I, lo I love Mike for saying that. Before the inventory situation, he said, that's the way to go. He said now it was a dealer's market. Uh, he showed, and this true, uh, another truth from Mike. He showed me a copy of Brayman's, Brayman Honda's addendum that another customer taken from Brayman. And, you know, dealers always do that. We do it. We, we save addendum labels and some of the most outrageous things and show them to our customers in our dealership. Uh, Brayman was adding $4,256 for almost the same garbage Ed Morris was pushing. Mike told me that he makes $350 if he sells a car and doesn't get paid a traditional commission. Now, that's good uh, in a way. Uh, it's not good for Mike because the other dealers are paying their salespeople 25% of the profit. So I've heard there's been some emergency packs introduced. <laughs> they're not getting what they got. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're scrambling. Because at least, be, you're probably right, it's probably hit by now, but when it first happened and it became the seller's market, there were no cars and people were begging <laughs> to buy a car at any price. Think of it. If you can make, uh, we just looked at... Uh, They're making a couple of thousand a car. Yeah, we just looked at, uh, at the Penske Auto Group averaging, uh, what was it, uh, 7000 8000 yeah. Let's say uh, $8,000 a car. What's 25% of $8,000? That's $2,000. So uh, <laughs> these dealers at Penske were probably making $2,000 a pop, and they sell uh, uh, 10 cars in a month. That's not too bad. Uh, $20,000 a month is not a bad uh, month's earnings. I think the uh, three fifty that he's doing, I mean, like we at our dealership, we don't have a traditional commission-based sales, they pay per car. Yeah. I think this is what, this might be an emergency measure oh, yeah. by Ed Morse. They, they stop paying them the percentage. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because uh, the, the salesmen were making so much money, they were retiring to uh, the coast of France. <laughs> you know, there was, uh, I mean, they were, they were buying palatial mansions and, uh, and uh, you know, it's it really it's a topsy turvy world out there, folks, and 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 you you know I I probably need a third book just to write about this after I get finished my second book, uh, but it's good. He was able to fix uh, a fix amount, and he wasn't adversarial, you know, doing combat with every customer. He makes three hundred fifty bucks. That's a nice amount of money to make if you can sell enough cars, and uh, he, he is your advocate. Because he makes the same whether he gets you a good deal or you have to pay too much money. So in a sense, he's on your side. So that's 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 the place you want to buy a car, where the salespeople are compensated, uh, not as a percent of the profit they make on you. Uh, he was uh, he was back fast. He went to see the manager. Uh, he called the closing table, uh, find out uh, uh, what he could do. Uh, he came back with a worksheet, top line. Uh, MSRP 26760. After that came a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. I never mentioned earlier. This is the sneaky stuff. 499 for Zillon, uh, some sort of a wax. A road hazard for 359. Uh, global, you probably got free road hazard with the car anyway. Uh, global free maintenance for 
450 global. I like that global free maintenance. Uh, okay, I'll take their word for it. EMH appearance package. <laughs> and more Honda. And more, okay. It should be uh, Teddy Morse. Yeah. Teddy Morse Honda. ETMH. Yeah, yeah, TMH, yeah. Appearance pack for $29.95. So again, the hidden fees, the additional fees, uh, the addendums, uh, they got it all. That came the $9.99 dealer fee. We got an $85 tag agency fee and $199.75 electronic filing fee. I talked earlier on the show about how dealers impersonate taxable fees. And uh, you think, hey, $85 tag agency, that probably goes to the Department of Motor Vehicles, right? Nope. And the electronic filing fee, that goes to the Florida Department of Motor Vehicles, right? Nope, that, that goes to Teddy's sunglasses fund. goes to T- Teddy's uh, retirement fund. Uh, yeah. My price was $32,346, $5,586 over MSRP. Like I said, there were three add-ons that could be removed, but he prefers to leave them in the presentation <laughs> so we can work down from here. <laughs> Sounds like a new guy. You know, I mean... I like to jack up the price real high, yeah, and we can uh, work yeah, down from there. Yeah, we'll work down. People enjoy that. You'll feel, you'll feel, if I take it off too soon, it won't feel as good. you want to feel like you, you fought me. Right. And we fought together against my manager, and finally, against... We emerged from the rubble. And we emerged, right and you feel so good. So I'm not going to take it off now. I'll take it off later. <laughs> I told him to remove it now. I don't... I don't <laughs> she don't mess it. around. That's Agent Lighting. And uh, God bless her. She's a... She's a tough gal. Yeah, amazing. I said he needed to come down uh, more on the price. Mike left, and he said he'd be back in a few minutes, uh, and the games continue. I still wear my mask, and I can't lick my fingers to turn the pages of Stu's beautiful report here. A few minutes later, a sales manager named Chris appeared without Mike. He had a new worksheet, a denim sticker from Johnson Honda of Stewart. He wanted to show me that his add-ons weren't as big as Johnson's <laughs> add-ons. He brought up Costco again said, no dealers are honoring the Costco program because of the market situation. Well, that's not think true. about that. Think about that. Well, that's, yeah, it's not true. We proved it's not true. But why wouldn't they have a Costco? All Costco says is you will charge a lower price. It could be $100 less, but it has to be a lower price than you charge anybody else. Now, if you charge everybody else an arm and a leg, you don't mind giving it to uh, on a Costco member for an arm and a leg less than $100. And so what he's really saying is, the dealers that won't put the price to the Costco program, what they're doing is they're getting all they can from you know the weak parish or the strong survive. You come in there and you get tough, you shop and compare, you get close to sticker. If you come in there uh, and they slaughter you like a lamb, then you end up paying $10,000 over sticker. They don't want to do that, the Costco program, for that reason. Uh, it, because uh, Costco is going to cancel them if, if they violate the law of selling to less to uh, uh, somebody else besides a Costco member. Okay. Now, uh, Mike showed me the worksheet. It was $1,500 lower out the door so they came down when i pressed chris for a better price he said he could come down maybe 700 i asked for that in writing left to get me a revised worksheet this is the third trip third, third, way third, third trip the latest worksheet had an out the door price that was 798 dollars lower i thank chris and mike for the time 
Chris warned me that his last civic will not last long. I told him I knew that. So uh, here we are. Uh, it was an interesting experience. Really interesting. It was. Uh, uh, we had we had good and we had bad. Uh, I have a picture here of their addendum label, and I did a blog a long time ago called "Beware of the Phony Monroney," and this is the picture. As I hold it up, uh, is is on the. Uh, I'm pointing to it with my finger. That's the phony, phony Monroney, uh, with my finger here. And you see how, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, you can see how it looks like it's all part of the big MSRP Monroney label, but it's not. It's a counterfeit Monroney, and uh, their counterfeit Monroney marked it up. What was it? Uh, Three or four thousand. Oh, it, w with everything in there, it was it was about five thousand over MSRP. Yeah. Now the final price, they came down a little bit. They're still well over MSRP. Yeah. He came down, I think, a total of two, yeah. two grand or about twenty one hundred. So here we have one of these uh, uh, interesting uh, shopping reports where where the salesman truly was an honest guy, and he was on this. And he's out making a living. He's, everybody's got to make a living. He's following the rules of the dealership. Uh, he was honest with his limitations with the customer and uh, we got a vote on the curve so we need to decide uh, I, I, I still have an issue though and it's not it's not Mike the the, the salesperson it's the dealership uh, yeah true the um, there was an addendum label on it it was there front and center they even put their dealer fee on the addendum label which by the way I think is required it is required so, very few dealers that right so, that, so yeah. they're doing it and that's great and everything but then when he got when agent lightning got written up it was everything on the addendum, but then they added Xylon and the other stuff. There was more stuff that surprised. So that was a, a true surprise that wasn't transparent. Yeah. We've been saying for weeks, like, listen, it's you're going to pay over MSRP, but these dealers that are putting it front and center and being honest about it, you, you can't follow them because you can walk away from that. You're a little bit more committed after you've gone through some negotiations, some test drive, and then some new information gets dumped on you. Then you're kind of, you yeah. spent time, you like the salesperson, and, and so I don't like that. So I, I was inclined to go to a more of a C type of grade, but I'm going to give them a D minus. Um, and we have a one other grade, and that's from Jonathan Wellington. Um, gives them a C, and also Bob uh, gives an A for Mike and a C for um, for the emergency medical hologram, EMH, and Ed Mortana. <laughs> uh, Stu, you said it well. You, you said it very well, and we're going to run out of time here if we don't Ooh. move quickly. Oh, yeah. uh, but uh, I'm going to go uh, with a... Um, uh, I'm going with a failing grade. Uh, I mean, these uh, these these packages that you get hit with uh, before you walk out the door, uh, it is just so deceptive, and I can't uh, say enough. We're going to go to Rick for okay. his vote. Okay, Mark Anderson, Mark from St. Louis, Ed Moore saying nothing but a hound dog, D minus. <laughs> Tim Gilliland, too many fees added to closing, D. Mark Smith, too many fees, D. Tom Steckel, D minus, out the door price, didn't include legitimate tax tag and title, wasn't truthful about Costco. Brian Sedlaco, there's two Ds in Teddy, I give him a D. <laughs> uh, Cram1624, D, I'm backed by my wallet, not your addendum. Wayne Veit with a D minus, I'm following the crowd with the D on this one, folks. I love our YouTube fans. They're the, they're the These best. guys are awesome. Girl. I would give him a D, but... Uh, because I like his commercial so much, I'm gonna give him a C minus. Okay. Oh, okay. So you wanna you wanna continue Teddy. to Teddy's uh, keep uh, it cool. Continue cool, Ted. cool. Yeah. 
his, just his, like the beard. his cool look fund. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, we're out of. Uh, uh, do you have anything else for me? No, it's okay. Great show. We're, we're uh, out of uh, time right now. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and stay tuned. Next Saturday morning, we'll be right here. Have a wonderful weekend.